0: A real star, I'm just as hype man. Yeah, come on. In your face section with Pete Cabrera Jr. Oh, All Jesus, Jesus, baby. baby. Yeah. yeah baby. Hey guys, my ooh, name is Pete Cabrera ooh. Jr. with Royal Family International University and School of Identity and Lifestyle. And you are listening to the All Jesus Podcast. And today we're gonna be exploring and exposing the carnal mind. What are you fighting? we like, what are we fighting? Like, what is going on? We got this struggle, this back and forth. Is it a demonic? Is it a spirit? What's going on? Today, I'm going to give you some tools on how to defeat this stuff. I'm going to give you some weapons, right? So guys, sit back and relax. Or we're going to have at it. <laughs> oh man, I love that track. I love that track. Oh my gosh. So guys, the reason that I'm putting this together is if you've noticed, I catch a lot of flack. I teach identity. See, when you teach identity, there's really nowhere else to go because where are we going to go? Even Peter said that. Where are we going to go? I mean, you're the one that you're the one that has the words of life, right? So once you have Jesus and you have everything that you need, where are you going to go? Where are you going to like you can't you can't escape who the Christ is in you. But the key is to know who he is for you. And once we start walking out who the Christ is for us, everything kind of falls to the wayside. And then we become empowered in that walk. And that's what all this is about. I want you to be empowered in a walk that is going to just devour, destroy, conquer everything that's coming against you in the name of Jesus. But there's this one little issue that we run into. One little issue. And it's so small, yet it's so huge at the same time. And we're going to address it today. So this is exploring and exposing the carnal mind. What are we fighting, really? Like, what is actually going on? Okay, so I'm going to have at it. What if it's true that we're not fighting a sin issue? but a sin habit. I know what you're thinking. What if sin is no longer the issue in our walk? Obviously, sin is not the issue with God because in the eyes of God, he believes he's already dealt with it once and for all through Christ. Let's not forget, God watched Jesus down the cross for all of us and for all of our sins. When do we receive Christ? If Jesus literally died to sin and we're in Christ, does God see the sin in our lives? That's the question we've got to ask ourselves. Is it only an issue to us and not to God? And why is that? What if sin's already been defeated in Christ? If this is so, then what does it mean to consider yourself dead to sin? And what is it that we're struggling with? I know what your mind's going to say. I already know. Your mind's going to start bouncing around. What are you saying, Pete? That you can't sin? That we're just perfect? And No, 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 no. no. See, that's that's what I'm going to be addressing. Romans six eleven. Likewise, reckon yourself also to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. I am not advocating living in sin, nor am I saying we can't commit it. It's wrong. We're not supposed to commit sin. We're not supposed to have these issues. And and I'm going to be addressing that. Rather, the argument I will be presenting is one that will, will basically settle the score in our minds, right? So the argument that I'm presenting is one that we all battle with when it comes to our walk in Christ. Why is sin reigning in our lives when the power of sin has been destroyed on a cross? You know, this is the thing we all struggle with. Like, if we are really in the Christ and we've really been placed and seated in victory and heavily placed with Christ, what is going on? Hebrews 2.14 through 15. And I quote this scripture all the time because it's one of my favorite quotes because it says a lot. For so much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also likewise partook the same that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. What if what we're wrestling in, or what we're wrestling basically, what if what we're wrestling is already considered dead to God? And what we're wrestling with is the word of God that is trying to teach us to deal with the habits we're stuck in and not sin itself. (laughs) Okay, let me say that again. What if what we're wrestling is already considered dead to God? And what we're wrestling with is the word of God that is trying to teach us to deal with the habits that we're stuck in and not sin itself. Is living in sin the same as living in the flesh? This is something that we got to address. What if the sinful flesh is dead in Christ and our bodies are now instruments of righteousness redeemed by the blood of the lamb? And what we're contesting with is a mindset and emotions and beliefs that come with the unrenewed mind causing us to walk out carnality and the results is living a life in the flesh causing us to live a life of sin. Let me explain. Sin is the result of an action that is rooted in a belief that causes us to transgress the heart of God leading us to commit sin. What if we could pinpoint the source of where these beliefs and actions come from? What if we could find out where it's at? so we could uproot it? What if we could go to the core of what's causing us to do these things? What if we could go to the core and root the issue out by beginning to address them in the right mindset? Then maybe, just maybe, we could become masters of it. What if we could stop playing the victim and become its master through the one who conquered sin and death? This is this is an interesting question. The question is, if Jesus conquered hell, death, and the grave, and Jesus paid for sin, if Jesus paid for sin and conquered sin, then wouldn't it make sense that that conqueror would be on the inside of us? Wouldn't it make sense that that same Jesus that did all those things would be sitting on the throne of our heart, teaching us to do the same? I mean, that's the question. I mean, I didn't, I didn't read about Jesus struggling with this stuff. I just didn't see him struggling with it. Now he was tempted at all points, but I didn't see him struggling. Now he had issues when he was going to the cross. Sin is no longer the core of who we are. We identify with the seed of righteousness. That is the Christ in us, according to the scriptures. And we do not identify with the seed of error. So if we identify with Christ, then we have to submit to that reality. But there's going to be a part of you that's not going to want to submit to that. And that's what this whole podcast is about, right? So 1 Peter 1.23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed by the word of God, which lives and abides forever, and we can all agree that scripture confirms we have all been freed from sin in Christ, meaning we are no longer bound by it or to it. No one will argue that. Everyone will say, you know what, we're freed from sin. Jesus paid for our sins. We're free from all this stuff. But if it's really true that we're free from it, why do we struggle with it? Why are we bound to it? Why do we get tripped up? Why do we fall? Why do, why do these things happen? And I'm going to be addressing that today. I'm going to be giving you some clues through the scriptures and some keys That'll help you walk this stuff out. Romans six eighteen, Being then made free from sin, you became the servant of righteousness. So Romans six eighteen confirms that we're all free. We were made free. Made free. You were made that way. You were made. I tell people, I was kingdom made. I was made this way. I was made free. I was made righteous. I was made powerful. I was made this way. I was made everything. I was made in a way that God could move through me. That's how I was made. I was kingdom made, made free, made awesome, made powerful, made righteous, made clean, like made that way. That's called the new creation, right? Give us some thought. No one has ever hurt you. Now, hear me out when I say this. No one has ever hurt you. No one. No one has ever hurt you. Not even upset you. I know. I know what you're thinking. This was all done by your carnal conditioning that created habits and mindsets towards life. Who said they hurt you? Who said they upset you? Who told you that? Who told you they wronged you? Think about it. No one has ever hurt you. No one. No one. Hey, you know, my sister says something that offense isn't given. Offense is taken. No one's ever upset you. You decided to get upset. You decided to get hurt. You decided to take it. You decided. I'm going to talk about this. Hey, remember this? Who told you you were naked? Remember Adam? Adam, after the fall, he was naked by nature. Yet his mindset was telling him that because he was naked, he should be ashamed. That's interesting. That's it. That, you know, that's in Genesis chapter three. If you read it, he says, did you eat from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? And Adam had told him, Hey, you know, I heard your voice walking. So I hid myself because I was afraid. Cause I was naked, but yet the scriptures tell us that God created Adam and Eve naked and they weren't ashamed, which means that God wants us to know that shame is not part of the deal here. Shame should never be part of the deal. So the question is who is shaming Adam when he's the one hiding? Is he shaming himself? I mean, give us some thought. God's word tells us in James one, two through four, my brethren count it all joy. When you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this That the trying of your faith works patience, but let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. Understand yourself. People don't make you upset. You choose to get upset. That's what it's always been before acting. The key is to see things clearly through the lenses of Christ as for wisdom to see things clearly. No one has that power over you. Doesn't the Bible say that we've been given all power and authority? Have we ever used our power over what makes us upset? Have we ever used our power over what offends us? Have we ever used this power to stay calm? Have we ever used this power to be in a sound mind? Have we ever used this power in this way? (laughs) It's very interesting. We we always want this power, but very rarely do we use this power on self. What is the fruit of the Spirit is self-control? You have power to control yourself. You have power over this stuff. James 1.5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given him. When was the last time you asked God for wisdom over what was happening to you? <laughs> oh my gosh. I can think about all the times I've lost it. I can think about all the times I got upset. I can think about all the times I said something about somebody. I can think about all that stuff. Like all, I mean think about it. I was you know what happens when you get into the flesh, man? You start saying stuff, acting a certain way and never ever took into account how does God want me to respond to that? Usually, we all react to our circumstances instead of thinking it through. Emotions flare, and once again, we're not an emotion. We feel emotions, yet we're not a feeling or an emotion. We can have them as long as they don't have us. That's the issue. An emotion, a feeling, a circumstance. Once again, we fall into that trap. Let me, let me ask you something. Is the enemy given permission to use our emotions and feelings against us or are we just listening to them? (laughs) Let me say that again. Is the enemy given permission to use our emotions and feelings against us or are we just listening to them? Is the enemy given permission? Come on, think about it. Okay, can I ask a crazy question? Here's a crazy question. Are you fighting a real foe in Christ, or is the carnal mind producing one for you? It's a crazy. This is just a crazy thought. It's just something to think about. Now, remember, you're in Christ. Once you're in the flesh, you're done. Is the enemy truly defeated? That's the question. If I was to ask you as a Christian, hey, uh, has the enemy been defeated? All of you would say, yes. Then I'll say, well, then why isn't he defeated in your life? Why isn't he defeated in this area or that area or so and so? And then you'll say, well, Jesus defeated him and I have to defeat him. What if he's already been defeated and all you have to do is to get into the Christ and Christ confirms that he's been defeated by the way we walk out the situation? That's a very interesting thought. Romans 6, 1 through 7. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin, I love that we're dead to it, live in it any longer? Know you not that so many of you that were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, we're buried with him into baptism into his death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we've been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection knowing this that our old man is crucified with him that the body of sin might be destroyed that henceforth we should not serve sin for he that is dead is freed from sin so let me ask you something are you dead are you dead in christ the bible says in colossians 3 3 that you died and your life is hidden in god with christ so no one would argue the fact that you're already dead have you considered yourself dead? Because I know when God sees you, he believes that that part of you is dead. Sin has no power over you. The enemy has no power over you. None of that has power over you. Now, remember, the old man was the man of sin. That's a real person. Because you took on a real, look, Jesus didn't fake his death. Jesus literally died. He took on a physical death so you could take on a physical death. Remember, the old man was a man of sin. The devil had power over him and legal right to him. You were one with the man of sin. It was who you were before you gave your life to Jesus. This is why you had to die. You had to be born again as a new creation because it was who you were. You were one with the old man. Look, if you're, if you're what the Bible says, put off the old man, put on the new because the old man's dead. And what he's saying is put off your way of thinking, put off the way you think according to the old man and put on the new because You are the new man in Christ, according to Scripture. Look, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, okay, we're in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So we become new. Let's pretend for a second. Okay, I'm going to put it out in a way that you understand. Let's pretend for a second. Let's say that you were married to a violent person. And this person beat you physically and you were manipulated, battered, controlled, yada, yada, yada. Let's just say you were raised in a violent home by an abusive father, mother. You know the story, right? So this was your life. And one day, an agent came to your life and said, hey, I can get you out of that relationship. I can get you out of that circumstance. I can get you out of that reality. But you have to to fake your death. And we'll create for you a new identity. You know, they do this with the witness protection program, yada, yada, yay. Yeah, you know, they kill you off. They say you die. They give you a new ID, witness protection program. And then you go and live somewhere else. So the question is this. So what is it that you're fighting if you're truly free? If you're free, is it a physical attack, a spiritual attack, a mental attack? Like, what is that's going on? Because when you gave your life to Jesus... You didn't fake your death. Okay. It was an actual death. And when you died, you got a new identity. So we can no longer use the past. We can no longer talk about I was beat. I can no longer talk about what happened to the old man because the old man's dead. So I can't use my past to confirm who I am now in Christ because that's been cut off. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. And I took on his death according to the scriptures that I just read to you. We died in Christ. So now we have a new life. So this is the mindset. So the question is, what is it that you're fighting if you're truly free? The lies of the enemy, obviously. Let's pretend for a moment that you moved out of one house of pain into a house of love and compassion. From one island to another island. From one side of the globe to the other side of the globe. Far away from the people who could hurt you. Far away from your ex-husband, far away from your mother and father, far away from this idea, far away. Like you went far away. You were translated from the kingdom of darkness, from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. You were moved. Look, if someone wants to harm you, but can't touch you physically, how would they attempt to do it? How would they attempt to destroy you if they can't touch you physically? If you're not even around them, you're not even in the, in the v- vicinity <laughs> right? How can they harm you? What if your worst enemy? I gotta watch how I say this. Let, let me rephrase it. What if the person who wants to hurt you knew they couldn't touch you, but they had your phone number and they called you day and night, and now you chose to listen to them and their conversations about what they say about you. What do you think would happen to you if you listened to them? But they knew they couldn't touch you. They knew they couldn't harm you. They knew that you were far away from their grasp. They knew that they were far away from your grip. But they could call you and you would answer the phone. You would literally see the number and answer knowing that it's the enemy on the other line. What would happen to you? What would your worst enemy say to you? That's another question. What if they knew that the only access they had to you was your mind? Then what? Here's another question. Now, what if this enemy is your mind that hasn't been renewed? The mind is not you. So what's the difference between the mind and a spirit or a demonic entity? What's the difference? What's the difference? I'm going to show you some things, okay? I am not saying the enemy Is not real. On the contrary, he is very real. God has separated you from an abusive relationship that you were in. You were a child of the devil. Your father was the devil. He's the God of this world, and you were once a part of that world. And that God was trying to kill you. And now, praise God, your father in Christ is training you to be free in the kingdom of God through Christ. So, what if he's separating you? From an abusive relationship. You've been separated physically. You're dead to it. How does he do it? Romans 12, verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we have to renew our mind. What are we renewing our mind to? Okay, I'm not a part of that household. Yes, that person beat me. Yes, but I died. That doesn't exist anymore. I don't live there anymore. And the only connection that I have between me and my past is this phone call. This, this person speaking to me that hates me, that wants to destroy me. So I'm not going to listen. St. Corinthians 10 verse 5. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. I love how it says against the knowledge, basically speaking against what you know about your God. So basically you got this this voice that's going on in your head talking about this isn't God and this. is. But it's even worse when that voice starts talking to you like that. Let's adjust the mind real quick. In the kingdom of God, you are not the symptoms of your mind. What you're experiencing is not you. You are having experiences. You are not becoming them the mind doesn't know the difference but you can once you separate yourself from the lies of the enemy you do know the difference once you expose the lie does this sound familiar watch this do you overthink problems do you worry about things that are out of your control think about that do you experience panic uncontrolled fear worry Blaming yourself, condemning yourself over things, over things you have no control over, things that are not your fault? Do you run to things? Do you have the same patterns, feeling like you're going in circles, like you have this thing going on all the time? The brain is a vessel that houses the mindset. It is a tool given to you by God. You are not the brain and you are not the mind. You are a soul that has become one with the spirit of the living God through Christ. 1 Corinthians 6.17 confirms but he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Philippians 2.5. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ. Christ is not the mind. The Christ has a mind. He's not the mind. He's a spirit that flows through a vessel that has a mind. So then the issue is the unrenewed mind that is carnal. The brain doesn't distinguish whether the action is beneficial or destructive. It just doesn't know the difference. It's the mind that takes on these truths and they animate the body while condemning the soul. It's crazy how that works. The soul has the power to distinguish through the knowledge of God, what is of God and what is not. Let's not forget that the mind is not you. Okay. The mind is not you. You get to scope out your life in Christ. The life you live is the life you have chosen to walk out. Whatever you have right now, whether it be good or bad. It wasn't an accident. You received it truth. You just settled. I tell people, look, the life you have, if your life sucks, it, it, you have the power to change it. So if you're still stuck in the same hole, it's because you don't want to change it. And people will say, well, I don't know how I don't know what's going on. And once again, once again, it's that voice calling you up. Hey, uh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. The key is to know who you really are. Not who your brain or your flesh or your mindset or circumstances has been telling you about who you are. That's the difference. It's sad when you can get friends around you that tell you who you are. You can even have culture telling you who you are. I, I know people that are in church that tell me who I am that they don't even know who they are. Right? You can have music telling you who you are. You can have the weather telling you, Oh, you know, I'm under the weather. Oh, I'm, I'm having a bad day. How are you going to let a day tell you what you're having? Oh, my God. God tells you what you have. This is why Jesus is the truth, the way, and the life. He alone tells you who you are. Nobody else should tell you who you are. We're being deceived all day long in every area of our lives. The Holy Ghost is training you through the Christ in transforming your walk and life. And the key is to know and understand. And most importantly, submit yourself to the process of how he does it. He's going to train you. He's going to show you how. He's going to show you how to do it. The key is to submit. Submit to the process. A lot of us don't know how to do that. How do you submit to the process? How do you do it? Did you know the Holy Ghost is training you in an area? Training you how to think? Training you how to see? Training you how to believe? Training you. What's it training? If in the spirit, that's who you are, it's a mindset he's training. Because in the spirit, you're already complete. The mindset has to be renewed to the realities of what's already happened to you in the spirit. James 4, 7. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Submit to the process. Submit to what he says. Submit to the word. Submit means you got to give up, man. You got to stop fighting. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. John chapter one, verse 12. But as many have received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. This is important. God has given you the power to become the person he created you to be in Christ Jesus. He gave you that power. He gave it to you. Let me read it to you again. But as many have received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. Which means you have the power to become that. But there's something stopping you. There's something holding you back. There's something that keeps you going in circles. So who are these deceptive intruders in the mind? What are they? Are they spirits? Are they devils? Are they demons? Like what's going on? We got to talk about that. Are they from the evil spirit or the demonic forces? Or are they being generated by the carnal mind thinking a way that's not fruitful? Hmm, what if we're accepting these lies as truth? These thoughts and messages are not representing the Christ in you. If they're contrary to who Christ is in you, they're not of God. God wants us free from the lies that creates a life of deception. That's what he wants. And that only happens through our thoughts, guys. If you have the spirit of the living God on the inside of you, and it's already confirmed The Bible says we'll bathe from the heart. So obviously the heart's not the issue now. Because the Bible says your heart cried out, Abba, Father. That he sent the spirit of his son into your heart, crying out, Abba, Father. That's where the seed, that's where the Christ lives, you know, in your heart by faith. So that's what speaks to us in the spirit. Tells us who we are. So the battle must not be here. It must be somewhere else. It's through our thoughts, our patterns. The mind can govern the brain. This can only be possible in Christ. What you focus on will grow. What you say in your mind matters. How you see God matters. How you see yourself matters. What should we avoid thinking? That's that's the question. What should we avoid? Romans eight six. For the mindset on the flesh is death, but the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. Have you noticed that this says that your mind should be set on something? Your mind has to be set on something. You got to make your mind up. The Bible also tells us that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And what he prays for, he's not going to get. Because he's unstable. He's a kingdom divider. He doesn't know what he is. He's in between a thought. Colossians 3.2. Set your affections on things above, not on things on earth. Okay. What should we be thinking on? Philippians 4, eight. This is your mindset. Watch this. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good report. If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. So, this is what you should be thinking about. You got to call the lies out, man. And you got to call the truth out. You got to do it. No one's going to do that for you. You have to identify the lies and call them for what they are. You have to say to that lie, hey, that's a lie. That's a lie. That ain't true. That's a lie. That ain't real. That's a lie. I ain't, no. Uh. Uh-uh, uh. No. That's a lie. And if your mind starts swaying to negative, and you start seeing negative, and you then you getting dragged into that, and you got. Uh. No. 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 Uh. Uh-uh, uh. No. I'm not going there with you because wherever you go mentally, that's where you're at. Wherever your mind's at, that's where you're at. It's crazy how that works. It's not me. It's just my brain and my thoughts. And so now, you begin to reframe them in the right mindset and context. You got to reframe everything. You have to reframe how you see things. You have to reframe how you think. You have to reframe your whole life. Like you have to frame it in Christ. It's called a foundation, but you know, direct your attention. Yes. Refocus, be intentional, be mindful, see things clearly. Think things through clearly. Should I give this my energy? Should I allow it to have more of me or should I just let it die here? That's the question. It's time to allow the Christ you to empower the true self. Stop giving your power away. My God, this is so crazy. Did you know we give our power? We give our power to the wrong entity. We give our power to the wrong identity. We give our power to the old man. Have you ever just been exhausted from yelling and arguing and go- like you're, you're, you're exhausting yourself? It ain't even you. You're using power to confirm a lie that'll have you going in circles that'll have you rolling around in a ditch. I kid you not. I kid you not. (sighs) Who or what is lying to us? That's the question. Listen, if Jacob can get into a physical wrestle with the truth, what makes you think that the lie won't take on a physical form? Come on, think about it. We wrestle like Jacob over an identity all the time. You will wrestle with the truth or you will wrestle with a lie. But both of them will become a physical wrestle for you. It's best to not allow the lie to take physical form through your thoughts and efforts, which means you need to wrestle with the right identity. You need to wrestle with the right identity. I know people that have been wrestling with the old man their whole life. And you know what? You're just going to be exhausted. You you ain't going to win that one because that's a carnal wrestle. And we talk about that. We don't wrestle with flesh and blood. I'll get into that later on. But did you know that you could wrestle with your own man? You could wrestle with somebody else's own man. I could sit in an argument with Katie or someone and wrestle with the old man all day long. For years, we could wrestle over that. We could wrestle over why I don't like you. You could wrestle why I hurt you. We could wrestle all. you, You could wrestle with me all. We could just get into that wrestle. And no one gets blessed. We should wrestle with the right identity. When you get into that that carnal conversation and you get into who you are and you start to wrestle with who you are, that wrestle is done because you're going to walk away blessed. You're going to walk away blessed. (laughs) Think about it. What you been wrestling with? Ephesians 6.12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Where does this wrestle happen? I call this the wrestle. With the serpent, the serpent of the mind, he comes in through deception. And that is the only possible way he can invade you is through the mind. Because remember, you were translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son, guys. So that means that he comes in through deception. And that is the only possible way that he can come in. Because you're not even in the same kingdom. You were translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his dear son. We just talked about, what if you got moved away from it? What if you were taken to another island? What if you got moved away? What if, what, what if you really died? Well, then We know that the only power he has is through speaking and talking to you and lying to you. Because the Bible does say that the a father of lies. There's no truth in him. James one fifteen. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death who births it the one who conceives it is the one who births it so let us go a little deeper let's go to romans chapter 1 28 through 30 give this some thought like this is what i this is what i wrestle with right here and even as they did not like to retain god in their knowledge god gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient being filled with all unrighteousness fornication wickedness Contiviousness, maliciousness, <laughs> full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, dis, dis, uh, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, uh, covenant breakers, without natural affections, and unmerciful. God gave them over to the mind. Which mind is this? Look, hear me out. Whenever I read the scripture to people, people get upset with me because this verse does not say. He handed them over to a spirit. God gave them over to the mind. Which mind is this? It does not say he gave them over to a spirit. It says he gave them over to a mind. This sounds like the battlefield is in the mind. Let's all agree right now that all the lies are from the evil one. We got to agree with that. The key is to be aware of how the lies work. If the truth is a person, then the lies are trying to manifest as a person through you. Think about it. Don't give the lie any opportunity to manifest. Guys, it only works through the mind because you're agreeing with it. That's why you have to renew it. This is why it says cast down every imagination and every high thing. And I'm going to show you what happens when you don't understand this. You ain't going to know how to get out of the rut you're in. You're going to go in circles your whole Christian walk until you address this. The key is to be aware of how the lie works. Once again, if the truth is a person, then the lies are trying to manifest as a person through you. Don't give the lie an opportunity to manifest. When we recognize the lie, we won't accept none of its manifestations. If the core of it is a lie, then all of its manifestations is a lie. It's all a lie. The minute that you say it's true, it becomes true to you. And now you're going to be in deception and you're not fighting the enemy now. You're living a lie. Big difference. There are a lot of people who are living a lie thinking they're in a spiritual warfare. You're deceived. You're not fighting anything. You believe you're fighting everything. The Bible says that we're in victory. So what is it that's going on? Self talk's important. God calls it prophecy. What you say about yourself is important. Paul confirms it. Watch this. First Corinthians fourteen five. I would that you all speak with tongues, but rather that you prophesy. For greater is he that prophesy than he that speaks with tongues, except he interpret that the church may receive edifying. What does prophesying mean? It means you're speaking what God said over you. That's what prophecy is. The Bible says that God spoke through his prophets. Now he speaks through his son, Jesus Christ. First Samuel ten six confirms this. Then the spirit of the Lord will rush upon you and you will prophesy with him and be turned into another man. This is powerful. When you begin to say what God says over your life, the key is to believe it. You begin to speak what God says over over your life, over your realities, over your circumstances, over everything that's happening. You speak God's word over it. That's what the power of prophecy is for. This is what it's all about. Look, Proverbs eighteen twenty one: The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Let me show you how this works. Okay, this is where I'm going to run into some problems with some people. But, I mean, it is what it is. Let's address the thoughts that leads to an emotion. Okay. Let's do that. There it is. I'm going to read them all. These are thoughts that you have in your mind. The question is, is it the devil saying it? Is it a spirit saying it? Is it the carnal mind saying it? Where are these thoughts coming from? Where are these words coming from? Where are these beliefs coming from? Where are they rooted? Here's one. I'm not good enough. I'm a bad person. I'm so stressed out. I'm going to fail. I really want to go off. I'm pissed. I'm so angry. It's all my fault. It's all their fault. The devil's attacking me. I'm so weak. Nobody likes me. I get what I deserve. You get what you deserve. I'm scared. No one will like me. I don't like anybody. People would tease me. I'm going to tease you. It don't matter. Nothing matters. I'm stupid. I'm not smart enough. I'm lacking God's power. I'm I'm insane. I don't know what's wrong with me. (laughs) Have you noticed that it takes on an identity? All of these thoughts create an emotion and a feeling. They're called uncomfortable sensations, not a spirit. These are emotions rooted in a thought that you take on as truth. Let me show it to you. They create anxiety. Anger, fatigue, sadness, sweating, butterflies, pain in your stomach, cramps, nervousness. All this stuff is created based on the truth that you accept in your mind. So if it's a lie and you accept it as truth, this is the consequence. This is not a spirit. A spirit is not creating this. You're accepting it. You're accepting it. Now watch this. This is three parts. Because remember, your spirit, soul, and body. Here we go. It's crazy because it creates all this stuff. Cravings, fear, emotion, all this stuff starts happening to you. It's all based on what you're thinking about. It's all, it's crazy. Now let's address the response. Now remember, James one fifteen, and, and I'm going to address something to uh, a Fiel over here. Um, because he's talking about downplaying. I will not downplay what Jesus has said about me. Jesus has said, I have power and authority over the enemy. My Jesus says the enemy has no power over me. My Bible says that I'm not searching out a career. I'm searching out Jesus. I'm searching out truth. My Bible says you will know them by the way they love. That's what my Bible says. My Bible says that they'll come against the truth. They'll be scoffers. You'll know them by their fruit. That's what the Bible says. I'm addressing the mindset that causes people to hate. I'm addressing the mindset that causes people to destroy. I'm addressing the mindset that of those that come against the children of God. I'm addressing the mindset that keeps people in fear. I'm addressing the mindset that has people going in circles. I'm addressing the mindset that keeps people in bondage. And obviously, there are some people that are still stuck in that mindset. And I'm okay with that. And once again, James 1.15. Then when lust or desire has conceived, it brings forth sin. So whenever we do something that doesn't honor God, regardless of what it is, We're in sin. So, if something tells us that we should say something that contradicts who God is for us, then we're not partnering with the enemy. If I say something evil about someone, I'm not partnering with the devil. If I say something cruel to someone, regardless of how I feel, because once again, I'm not an emotion and I'm not a feeling. I am a child of God who can control his emotions, control his feelings, and control his tongue to say only things that are edifying because I didn't come to condemn. I didn't come to condemn because he didn't come to condemn. So here we go. Don't forget, you don't desire these things. There are consequences of what you thought and said bad about yourself. And sometimes you might even say it about others. You now have patterns. You have patterns in your mind. You prophesy these thoughts into existence by speaking them over yourself. The sad thing is when you begin to prophesy over somebody else and start beginning to speak those things over other people, which is even more interesting, right? And once again, it brings forth death. Now they that are manifesting, watch. Now they're manifesting. You have been taken captive by these emotions that are not you. Perfect example of what's happening right now. You have been taken captive by these emotions that are not you and causing you to do something outside of the character of Christ. And the feelings and emotions are not you. They're not. The feelings and emotions now have you causing you to tread underfoot everything that Christ has done for everyone around you. It's the craziest thing. And now you're going for a ride. Now you're going on an emotional ride, you're feeling anger, you're feeling all these things, you're feeling all kinds of things inside you that are, this is what this whole podcast is about. This whole podcast is about giving yourself over to a feeling, giving yourself over to an emotion. How about we give ourselves to Jesus? How about we give ourselves to mercy? How about we give our, how about we trust God enough to say, hey God, I trust you because I love you. And I'm not well enough because my mind is not big enough to understand what you're doing in everybody else's life. And I can't judge the heart of anybody. And so instead of allowing my emotions to speak for me, I'll allow the spirit to speak and I will bless them and love them instead of curse them. Because I think Jesus said that, right? So let me read this again. Now let's address the response. Now remember James 1 15. Then when lust or desires has conceived, it brings forth sin and sin. When it is finished, brings forth death. Don't forget, you don't desire these things. They are the consequences of what you thought and said bad about yourself or maybe others. You now have patterns with the lie. And basically, you've partnered with the lie, not with God's truth. You prophesied these thoughts into existence by speaking them out loud over yourself and over over other people. Respond to these feelings. Let's let's talk about the responses to these feelings. The responses to these feelings and emotions, when not put in check, are these. This is what happens when you don't put your mind in check, when you don't put your feelings in check. This is what happens to you, and this is how you know someone's living in the flesh. They make up excuses. Depression. Fighting. Arguing. Debating. Causing issues. Smoking. Drinking. Hiding. Here's another one. Being cruel. Being mean. Being uncompassionate. Talking trash. All this stuff means that you've responded to a thought that created emotion that shook you and made you do something that was out of the character of Christ. We got to stop making excuses. So here we go. It now has taken on a physical reality that you chose to walk out. You did that. No one did that. I can't make anybody respond rudely. I can't make anybody act a certain way. That is not up to me. That is up to the other person or anyone else. Like they get to choose how they're going to respond. Either they're going to respond in the Christ or they're going to respond carnal. And by the way they respond, they reveal themselves. That's what it's all about. The Holy Ghost is teaching you who the Christ is in you through it all. Our role in it all is to trust and to respond out of the right mindset and out of the right spirit. You have the power and ability to refuse to act on all of the lies of the enemy. You have the power. You have the power to respond admirably. You have the power to give glory to God. You have power to walk out to Christ anytime you want. So now let me ask you, what are you fighting? What are you fighting? And I tell people this, and, and, and I'm going to address something. I don't lay hands on you to get you out of your circumstances or issues. The anointing isn't to get you out of your mess. It's here to get you into the Christ. I can't cast you out of the flesh or out of your stinking thinking. No one can. No one can cast you out of what you're not willing to die to in Christ. If you're not willing to die to anger, if you're not willing to die to hate, if you're not willing to die to the demonic, I can't get you out of it because you're choosing to partner with it. It's dead. The power of the anointing and of the Holy Ghost is to teach you how to become a child of God who can walk out of every situation in life admirably and in power. I teach identity and his name is Jesus the Christ. We bring honor and glory to God by allowing the Christ in us to manifest in every situation and circumstance. Even now, God empowers you to walk out of your own mess through the Christ. Most of the issues you need to be delivered from, you create yourself by getting into the flesh. God will not deliver you from your own lies. That would mean he didn't place you in truth already. God is totally convinced that you were already in the truth spiritually. You got out spiritually. Now it's up to you to get out mentally by renewing your mind to the truth. The anointing doesn't do that for you. It does it through you. You partner with God. That's what it's all about. The problems that we struggle with in our walks is that we haven't renewed our mind. We walk out carnal Christianity. We think that we can respond to people the way we used to respond and we're not supposed to. The Bible says that if you're my disciples, they will know you're my disciples by the way that you love one another. And I love that there's two houses that they talk about the house of Hillel and the house of Shammai. And they didn't always agree with one another. They didn't always agree with one another and it's okay. So it's okay not to agree with one another But if you lose the character of Christ in the midst of what you don't agree on, you've already lost. You've proven that you're not mature enough to have a debate in the right spirit. And remember, the spirit of Christ loves correction and it loves to search out truth because that's what it is. When we get into the flesh, we no longer listen to truth. We no longer listen to reason. We no longer do that. We now defend, we fight, and we get carnal and we get in that arena and nothing will get handled there. Issues live there. Hurt lives there. Pain and all those things. So here's the beautiful thing about those who are wondering. People ask me this. And for those who are wondering because, you know, people come on here and they just, people just assume they know what I believe. So here's what I do believe. I do believe that before I gave my life to Jesus, I was the man of sin. I was headed to hell. I was carnal. I was manifesting death. I was speaking death. That's who I was. My father was the devil. I was a part of the God of this world. Everything in me was going to hell. All of, Everything that I was was going into the fire because of what was on the inside of me. The Bible says that I was born of corruptible seed. And the Bible says that we were all dead in Adam. So everyone before Adam was going into the pit, according to that word, because they didn't have Jesus in them to save them. So my identity was a child of the devil. I believe that. That's what scripture says. Even Jesus confirms your father's the devil. He was a liar since the beginning and he was a murderer since the beginning. So we know that. So my identity was that of a devil. No one will argue that before I gave my life to Christ, I was a devil. We were all devils. John 6 verse 70 says, didn't I choose a 12 of you and one of you is a devil. So a devil is what I was because I wasn't Christ like, I wasn't in Christ, I wasn't born of God. So if I wasn't born of God and there's only two spirits, there's the seed of error and the spirit of truth. So the error is the antichrist spirit that's not of God. So my whole identity was that of the enemy. I was manifesting my father and my father was the devil. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the father because the spirit that was in him. So before I came to Christ, I said, if you've seen me, you've seen my father and my father was the devil. So when I gave my life to Jesus, that that was inside of me, it wasn't cast out of me. It was destroyed by fire. The Bible says, because even John confirms that there'll be one who comes who won't just baptize you with the Holy ghost, but also with fire. And he's coming with a consuming fire. So when I receive Christ, the Bible says that that I will be filled with all the fullness of God. So when the Christ comes inside of me and moves into my heart and into my vessel, the Bible says that my body becomes a temple of God. And so that means that the Holy spirit moves in. And so then the fire lives on the inside of me, which confirms that the old man was not cast out. According to the scriptures, the old man's dead, he was destroyed. The question was what destroyed that nature on the inside of me. And the Bible tells me that it was the all consuming fire, that moved into me. So the old man inside of me didn't get cast out. The old man inside of me got torched up by the spirit of the living God, who is fire with that understanding that there's a fire inside of me and that I'm born again and that I am all that Christ says I am. And that I'm free then the enemy's only tactic against me is to convince me that I'm not free to convince me that he can't have me to convince me that he can destroy me to convince me that he can possess me to convince. So he's just going to convince me all day long of the lie. And Once again, this whole podcast is don't listen to the lie. Listen to the truth. So listen to God. Did God say that he owns you? Did God say that you were purchased with a price? Did God say that, that your body's not your own, that it was paid for with a price? Does it also say that we are in Christ and that Christ is in us? Does our Bible also tell us that our life is hidden with God? So is our life hidden in God with Christ? So our whole life is in God and in Christ. And then Jesus said that there's no sin in him. That's what he says. So that means that if Christ says there's no sin in him, then there's no demons in him either. And so if there's no demons in him, and there's no sins in him, and I live in him, then within the, the normal response would be, well, if my whole life is in him, then I don't have demons in me because I'm in him. Now, I can act like a devil, I can act like a demon, I can respond like one, just like people get mad and they get in the flesh and they start treating you a certain way and being mean and rude and disrespectful and carnal, then that person is acting like one. It doesn't mean he has one, it just means that he forgot who Christ is. And even Paul said, for you have not so learned Christ. So then the key is not that you have a devil, the thing is that you're acting like one and you need to remember that you're not one, because once again, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, confirms verse nine he says that be not deceived and such were some of you you were those things but now you are clean you are now now you're everything that christ says you are through the spirit That's uh, first corinthians chapter six verse nine so i am those things and so i'm not fighting a demonic spirit i'm not fighting that i'm fighting carnality I'm fighting to put off the old man, not put on the new man because he's not there. So why would I put on something that's dead? I'm supposed to consider myself dead to that. So am I saying that people that are not in Christ can't be demon possessed? People who aren't born again are demon possessed. That's why Jesus came to pay the price to set them free. So everyone who's not in Christ is already purchased by death. It's called the wages of sin. Is death. So everyone who's not born again is possessed by the enemy, is possessed by sin, is possessed by devils, is possessed by spirit. Is they're possessed, all of them. I was possessed before I gave my life to Jesus. Now Jesus purchased me and possessed me. So now I'm in Christ. So now the issues that we have with Christianity. Is what I just talked about the mindsets, the things that are in our minds that haven't been renewed that say, Hey, it's because you have this and you have that. And once again, that's not true. It's all a lie and we're fighting deception. So am I saying that people can't have devils and demons and evil spirits? I'll go even further than that. Why claim having one when you could just be one? It's even worse to be one because you're choosing to be that it's even worse. My God. So I don't claim that a spirit can have me. You'll never hear that a spirit, I wouldn't give the enemy permission uh, just to even suggest that I can have one. It's crazy because God himself, Christ himself would never say he could have one. That was the temptation. The temptation was to submit that he could have sin, to submit that he would listen, to submit what the devil said. That's why in Matthew chapter four, he was led into the desert to be tempted of the devil. And guess what he did? He resisted. He never agreed with them. God would never say that you have sickness and disease. He would never say that to you if you're in Christ because you're in Christ. That doesn't mean that physically you won't experience these things. What I'm saying is that that's a physical reality, but we get our reality from the spirit and in the spirit I'm free. And in the spirit I'm in Christ and in spirit I have power. And so when people get mad at me and I tell people, I had this talk the other day, look, I had a phone call from, from Sean Hurley. I'm going to say his name. I don't usually drop names, but I love Sean. Sean Hurley called me when I was in camp. And he said, hey, man. And this is what he said verbatim. This is what he said to me. And, and I'm saying this with all honor because I love the guy. This is nothing bad. It's just this, is, this was the answer, you know. He said, hey, you know, I know what you believe and I know what you teach, but I'm seeing some manifestations that kind of contradict what it is you're saying and I, what, what I'm saying. And I said, well, I'm not saying that they're not struggling with this stuff. I'm not saying that. Look, this is how deception works. If you believe something, it's true for you, period. So if someone comes to me that's a Christian and believes they have an evil spirit, I won't be able to convince them otherwise because that's deception. Deception is they believe it already. So you can't coach someone out of deception, you can't convince someone because that's called deception. So if someone believes a Christian who's born again, that they have an evil spirit on the inside of them, they've already been given over to that. And they already believe that because they forgot the knowledge of who God is for them. I just read that to you earlier. So now they're handed over to that reprobate mind and they really believe that. So that means they're going to manifest everything that they believe to be true for them. Now, I'm not saying it's not true for them. What I'm saying is that doesn't have to be my truth. That's their truth. So if they come to me and they believe that they've been attacked by a demon, they have devils and demons and evil spirits, and yeah, that's because that's where they're at. But where they're at doesn't determine where Jesus is, it's just showing where they're at. So if that's where they're at, the answer is to bring them over to where Christ is, and Christ is always free. Always. So I would tell them, hey, because you believe that, and that's true for you, come here. I will lay hands on you. And people know this. If people come up to me and say, I have a devil demon, I'll lay hands on them. and be like, in the name of Jesus, come out. Anybody who deals with me knows that. I would never say don't lay hands on them. I would never say don't cast out devils out of them. I always tell people, you fight the devil to the death. You say, I cannot have you. I will not have you. I don't want you. Get away from me. You ain't. That's the answer. That's the answer. But then we have other guys that walk around, talk about, no, you can't have that. You're not my God. You don't say what I can have. Jesus says what I can have. No one says what I can have. He says what I can have. And I stand on what he says. Your circumstances don't say where I'm at. Your issues don't speak for me. The devil is very real. The demonic is very real. I would never say it's not. But let's not forget. Christ has power over what we call the demonic. There's no, you can't escape that fact. So the issue is not whether the enemy has power or not. The issue is why are we giving the enemy power when the Bible tells us he has none? But once again, we give it to him. So that means that he's getting his power from somewhere. And it's not from God because he stripped him of all power. So who's the one giving the enemy power if God stripped him of all his power? Once again, it's the Christians who believe they have power. And if they believe that it has power, they will submit to that power because they're saying that power is greater than the power that's in them. The question isn't whether a Christian can have one because you can believe you can have whatever you want. That's why the Bible says, as a man believes in his heart, the question is, should a Christian believe he can have one or should he believe he can't? That's the question you should be asking because the question here is about what you're believing because that's what the Bible says. Because we have to renew our mind. So it's obvious that our mindset is not confirming truth or we wouldn't have to renew it. So just like anything else with sickness and disease and any type of thing that comes your way. What is the mindset and what are you saying about those situations that are happening to you? That's the answer. That's the answer to everything. So. Yes, there is a struggle. Yes, there is issues. Yes, there is problems. Yes, people do struggle day and night. All the time we struggle. But the answer is, who gets the victory in your struggle? If Jesus ain't getting the victory, it means you submitted to the lie and you're handing yourself over to the lie. The Bible says all things are possible for them who believe. So then the question is, we should believe the right stuff. So if you believe you can have one, it's possible. If you believe you can't have one, It's not possible. That's what scripture says. That's what it says. So the Bible says all things are possible for them who believe. So then the answers always believe the right things. That's what scripture says. So what will I believe? Because I have to walk out what I believe. And the Bible says, according to his faith, let it be unto him. So do you think I'm going to side and say that the enemy can have power over me and put my faith in that? No. Would I put my faith and belief system in that? No. Only a person who doesn't know who they are and their power in Christ would forfeit that and give it over. I'm not going to do it. It's not going to happen. And, and I tell people, I don't care if the whole world is rolling on the ground full of demons. I'm going to resist because I'm supposed to. I'm supposed to. So that's where I'm at. Okay. Let, let's go there. Let's say I'm totally wrong. We're gonna go there. Let's say I'm totally wrong with what I'm saying. Let's just say I'm hundred percent wrong. Let's just say that that we can have that. Let's just say that we can have devils and demons living on the inside of us. Let's just say they can move in whenever they want. Let's just let's just let's just say it's true. Then we're really not saved. We're not saved if that's true. That means Jesus isn't Lord. That means He isn't. That means that he's not Lord over your life. Jesus is Lord of all, or he's not Lord at all. So either he's Lord of my life or he's not. And he's not going to share his glory with the demonic. He's not going to share his temple with devils and demons. He's not going to do it. Now that's, that doesn't mean you're not going to allow it to happen, but God allows what you allow. Doesn't mean he wants it to happen. It means you're allowing it. Look, if you're going to go smoke cigarettes and get cancer, that doesn't mean you don't have the Holy Spirit. It doesn't mean God don't love you. It just means that you lack the wisdom to, hey, put that down because you know that can cause cancer, but you're smoking anyway. So God says, hey, you know my word. You know what I said. Hey, take care of your temple. Take care of your body. But if you're smoking and you get cancer, uh, that's not my fault. You partnered with it. The Bible says, submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee. That's scripture. It says, submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee. The reason we have people casting devils out of Christians is because they don't understand that verse. Submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he'll leave on his own. That's what it says. So, if he's not leaving, that's not my issue, that's your issue. Remember, God considers you free. God consider, considers you in Christ. God considers you all powerful. God, From God's mindset, everything you're fighting has already been conquered and it's already dead. So why are you fighting with it? So either he really is who he says he is or he's not. This stuff really happens. There are really Christians who come to me and say, hey, I have an evil spirit. And I say, come here. And I lay hands on them. And I say, in the name of Jesus, come out. And well, however they manifest, that's on them. And then I tell them this as soon as I'm done. In the name of Jesus, a spirit will never, ever have legal right to enter you ever again. And if he tries to, he's lying to you because we're confirming that he could never enter you again, ever, because it's by his spirit that you be strengthened by his spirit in the inner man, not by your thoughts, your ideas, or what you think or feel. It's his spirit that confirms the word. So According to his word, no, in Jesus name, it can never come back. And if it tries to come back, it's just lying to you because it's a deceiving spirit. It's a lying spirit. It's going to lie to you that it lives inside of you. But Jesus always confirms that he's the one that lives on the inside of you. He's the one that says he lives in your heart by faith. So you have to believe that he's in there. Don't believe that the other one's in there because you're going to start manifesting what you believe. And so the key is to always remember. Resist resist, resist. That's the key to everything. Resist. See, we don't teach people to resist. And you know what, what ends up happening is that Christians, they go through everything that I just read, the issues, the, the, the fear, the anxiety. And I just talked to you about the mindset behind it and the emotions, and all, how all this, this, how this conceives and how it comes to life and how it becomes real because we let it grow. We let it grow. We let it get to that point. We could put a stop to it at any time. You can literally tell the devil, shut your mouth. You can literally not listen. You can literally walk away. You can literally put your eyes on Jesus and take your eyes off the demonic. Like in two seconds. And Paul even said, I think myself happy. So stop thinking that way. Think happy. Think according to the word of God. Think about who God is for you. Embrace that. Don't let it go. Don't let it go for nothing. Hold on to it. Don't let no one take it from you. Because the enemy came to steal the word from you. He came to take his truth from you. That's what he's trying to do. The Bible says that the one who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire. It doesn't say the one who possessed them because that letter was written to the church. That's in Revelation. If it's written to Revelation, it's written to the people of the church. It's the one who deceived them, not the one who possessed them. Couldn't possess them because we're the church. How can you possess the church? We're the body of Christ. For Christ's sake. You can believe whatever you want. Seriously. Seriously. But for those that I'm going to train, I'm going to teach them to resist. I'm going to teach them to stand against. We're not going to listen to the lies of the enemy. No, because then what will happen is you'll have a group of people that will come to you every week and they'll want your anointing to set them free. But that's not why the anointing was given to me. The anointing wasn't given to me to set you free. The anointing was given to me so I could teach you how to walk in the anointing that sets you free. That's what it's about. The anointing is there to teach you how to stay free. That's what it's for. The anointing doesn't set you free because you're already free. That's why you got the anointing. That's why you got the anointing because you're free. Only free people have the anointing, not slaves. Because the anointing is freedom. The anointing is health. The anointing is that's, that's the, the anointing that breaks the yoke. Because once you have the anointing, it's all broken. The yoke is off. Now, it doesn't mean you can't put it back on, it just means you're choosing to. But please don't, don't, don't think that I'm a man who's going to lay hands on you and manifest a reality for you. That only happens through a walk. That happens through a process. There's no escape in the process. People don't want to suffer. People don't want to struggle. They want me to lay hands on them and just knock everything off of them. Like what, Why were you giving power then? So you want my Jesus that's inside of me to work for you, but you have the same Jesus inside of you, but you want my Jesus to do what your Jesus can do. What's going on? The only difference is I'm listening to the Jesus on the inside of me and you're not. It's the same thing. And so I tell people, and don't misunderstand me. I know people are suffering. I know people are hurting. I know people are struggling. This is the answer. The answer is who Christ is for you. It's not about who the devil is for you. What did he ever do for you? You think I'm going to give him some room? I ain't give him no room. He can shut up. I don't give no place to them. Hey, you could be quiet. I ain't trying to hear you. You a liar. Why would I even listen to you? Why would I even pay attention to you? It makes no sense. You got nothing good for me. And I tell people that. I'm not laying hands on you to get this stuff off of you. I'm laying hands on you to confirm what's already on the inside of you so you could shake this stuff off of you. That's called maturity. Maturity. Look, read your Bibles. People didn't escape death. They had chances to escape death. They wouldn't do it. They weren't, they weren't set free from their circumstances because they knew who Jesus was for them in their circumstances. A lot of us, we don't want to go through stuff. I'm telling you. We don't want to go through stuff. We have to learn. We got to get some backbone. We got to get strong, man. Who are you? The Bible says he's looking for a man to show himself strong in. He wants a pure vessel, which means even your thoughts have to be pure. You can't be thinking you can have that. Come on. What if I start thinking that I can have a cigarette? What do you think is going to happen? If I start thinking, hey, I can have a cigarette. Here's one hey i i I can have some crack hey, I can have i I can have some what happens when I start thinking that I can have something? Come on, what's the worst thing you could think you can have? A devil, a demon uh, that's the worst thing you could think you could have, and that's what you want to think about. you want to think about you whether you could have that or not, really? How about you just say no? I can't have that. Why? Because I want to honor God. Hey, you want a cigarette? No, I can't have that. Why? Because I want to honor God. Hey, you want to go get drunk? No, I can't do that. Why? Because I want to honor God. See, you think I'm going to be like, yeah, I can have a devil. Come on, man. We got to start with the little stuff. Come on, man. So I love you guys, man. And when I talk like this is because I'm coming against the lie. I'm not coming against you or your doctrine. I'm, I'm coming against the lie that's keeping us from walking out who we are in the Christ. And if, if this isn't true, if, if this doesn't work, I mean, sheesh, what are we doing? We were put on earth to fight devils and demons our entire life. Really? Really? I didn't see Jesus doing that. I didn't see Jesus doing that. No, I don't see what, I don't see Jesus doing the things that half the Christians do. I just don't see, it's not there. I don't see it. I'm sorry. I don't. I know. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm, I'm to model out the Christ. And last time I saw, devils and demons were running from him. And he wasn't like hiding behind curtains, worried about what was going to get on him. He was touching leprosy. Come on, man. He was touching death. Like he was touching things that would make him unclean. And he was just like, nah, I know who I am. And so when you know who you are, you ain't afraid of this stuff. Look, Christians aren't afraid of the dark. They believe in what they believe in the dark. I'm telling you, it's crazy reality, man. So guys, I say this because everything that you're going to hear from me always confirms and i the power is always given to Jesus. I'm sorry. I'm not going to I'm not gonna have that other knucklehead, the demonic, the other knucklehead, that spirit of error even show its head around here. Like, he's got followers, too. He's got fans, too. I'm telling you. They're in the Christian circles, and they got fans. I'm telling you. The demonic has fans. People love the demonic. People love people rolling around. People love, like, they're infatuated. No, nah, I'm cool. I'm addicted to the other spirit. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm, good. I'm all right. Jesus is who I live for, and Jesus is who I'm after, and that's all I'm going to look at, and that's all I'm going to see, and I'm sorry if I'm not seeing things the way you're seeing things. I don't want to. I choose not to. I choose not to see that. I want to see who God is. I want to see the face of God. I want to see the beauty of God because what I see is what I behold is what I become. What I behold is what I become, and he says keep your eyes on Jesus, so don't have me turning my head and looking at other stuff. It's the Jesus It's the Jesus in me and it's the Jesus in you. And that's all I'm going to speak to. And when Christians act crazy, I speak to the Jesus in them with honor and respect. The minute I start speaking to their flesh, the minute I start talking to them carnally, I just got into the flesh arena and I'm becoming everything that I was before I gave my life to Christ. And I don't want to do that. I'm just not going to do it. And so, guys, if this has blessed you in any way. If you want to partner with me Ministries at Yahoo.com We got this precious seat up here If you want to uh, donate and be a part of what we're doing I'm moving into something I'm moving into something in the next season I'm excited about it I'll be talking about it here in a while But I'm going to start doing some training Some online training And I'm so excited about it But just know when you listen to the All Jesus podcast It's all Jesus It's all Jesus baby (laughs) Jesus He's the real star. I'm just hype man. In your Come face on. section with Pete Cabrera Jr. Oh, oh Jesus, Come Jesus, Yeah, okay okay. okay. on. Come on. Come it's not new wave it's gospel it's bible it's in there you just got to read it it's all there guys read it it's in the bible if you pick up your bible and read it you would see that half the stuff if not all the stuff i talk about is who we are in the christ and i just thank you jesus i thank you for who you are lord god thank you father in the name of Jesus. thanks for everybody who's listening if this has blessed you if this is blessed you share it with somebody and if it hasn't just don't listen to it block me get rid of me whatever right i tell people you can listen to me if you want to or you don't. It's okay. I'm just going to do what God is me to do. I'm not trying to create fans. I'm not trying to create a following. I'm just trying to feed God's sheep. And I want you guys to be better than I ever was. And that's why I'm here. I'm not here for me. I'm here for you. So, guys, in the name of Jesus, I love you guys. Uh, www.royalfamilyinternational.com. Uh, Google the All Jesus Podcast. I'm on every platform. It's totally free. It costs you nothing. Guys, I love you guys. In the name of Jesus, so be blessed. Be blessed. Be blessed. (laughs)